0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbour Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbour Church podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Harbour family. My name is Mary Glasner. And it's my humble privilege and indeed my great joy to be able to share with you today what God has stirred in my heart around this beautiful topic of new beginnings. I love the idea of gathering together. And while he stirred stuff in my heart, that together we get to go after something collectively with Jesus. Harbor at Home is all about engaging with what it is that Jesus is doing. So I love the notion of of the questions that you get to, to answer and to really meditate over. And let's go after that stuff together today. So new beginnings. Wow. This has been an unexpected year. There are many ways to describe the season that we've been in. It's now been several months. But let's go with unexpected. A very unexpected season for sure. And I think in the midst of it all, it's important that we stop. And we just consider, what is it that we've been able to process and understand? And we don't want to miss a thing that Jesus has for us. We don't. I know none of us do. New beginnings. Think back to the beginning of the year. New Year's Eve, perhaps, 2019. All the anticipation and excitement that comes with a a new year. You know perhaps you were considering your new year's resolutions perhaps you were going over dreams and goals that you wanted to see happen I know I was as a newlywed there was a another level of newness to to the new year that I was about to enter into there was our personal expectation for the new year but then load on top of that 2020 the start of a new decade that was big And then the year itself, 2020, had so much prophetic uh, word around it, being a year that would take us into 2020 vision, perfect vision. It was a year that was going to see us break through into revival, a year that was going to be a powerful year to decree and declare and to really bring forth the future that God has for us as his people. That was a lot, and we were amped. And focused for this new beginning. And then boom. COVID hit. Do you remember? I mean. Doors that were seemingly opening. Suddenly slammed shut. We were plunged into. Uncharted territory. Where sometimes it was so blurry. We could barely see in front of our faces. Let alone perfect 2020 vision. And then. The tragic death of George Floyd and deep racial pain that rose to the surface. People were in a lot of pain. There was unrest and discord across the nation and indeed across the world. How were we supposed to navigate through this upheaval towards the fullness of what God was wanting for us? What about the non-negotiables have you had to negotiate over the season. They've been challenged, haven't they? Perhaps you were someone who said, I will never homeschool, ever. Or perhaps you were someone who said, without the gym, I just wouldn't cope. We have been challenged in those areas for sure. We've had to negotiate, we've had to cope. So there were those everyday things we've had to, uh, we've been challenged in, but they've also been deep seated. Uh, Long held beliefs and opinions almost at a foundational place within us that have been hammered and challenged. How are we supposed to make sense in this upside down world and see 2020 vision? Perhaps, friends, perhaps. In the pause of busyness, the full stop of gym, and the the needs of other people, perhaps in that quiet space, God was able to initiate heart surgery of the deepest, most loving kind. Perhaps in that quiet space, in that full stop, deep inner spaces were able to rise to the surface and be considered again afresh. What if if the magnitude of newness that God has for us is marked by the magnitude and the depth of the shaking that we're experiencing? What if this space is going to allow us to enter into deep heart surgery, like I said, a deep transformation of the heart, and it's that transformation of the heart that actually leads to 2020 vision. What if that's what's happening? You know, Isaiah 55 8, the Lord says that our thoughts are not his thoughts, that his ways are higher. And then in Isaiah 2 3, the prophet calls us to come onto the mountain, God's mountain, so that we can see. And that he can show us his paths And how to live You know What if it's about us going deeper In order to see higher And gain the perspective Of heaven I have called this message Unlocked And uh, and I, I have to say That it kind of Kicked off for me at the beginning Of COVID I was washing the dishes As you do And I felt as I was, was sort of singing and praying, I felt the Lord show me in my heart a locked vault, a vault. And I had been feeling some heaviness uh, leading up to that, but he showed me this vault, and I understood him to be saying that hearts were vaulted, they were locked, and he wanted to unlock them. I felt the weight of it, and, and, I, and, I, and I prayed out, God, but how? How do we unlock hearts? How? How do you unlock my heart? And he led me to a scripture in Proverb four twenty to 22, where he, he says, be attentive to my words, incline your ears to my saying, let them not escape from your sight, keep them within your hearts, for they are life to all who find them and they bring healing to all flesh. Now. There's so many senses involved in that scripture. And simply, I felt the essence of what God was saying to be lean in, incline yourself, incline yourself, lean into my heart. Lean into my heart so that you can hear and know who I am and know what I'm saying and know my love. Because it's that love that is going to allow us to understand the code and unlock the vault. So I do believe he's saying that intimacy with him, of course, is the starting point. But the Lord also showed me a purple heart, which I understand to be a an award of courage. In fact, that originated in this country, given to those that were brave and courageous. So I knew God was saying that it was going to take courage for us to to move into that uh, space and to allow our hearts to be unlocked, which was going to mean giving him full access, full access, which means being vulnerable and really transparent and allowing him in. You know, it does take courage to be vulnerable, but the reward is intimacy and greater levels of trust. The scriptures say, trust in the Lord, your God with all your heart and vulnerability is a heart thing. It's a heart word. So can we just pause on that for a minute? Vulnerability, that word. What do we understand about it? You know, wrongly understood, it can feel like a weakness or being needy. But in the context of the kingdom, vulnerability is about a, a willingness and a humility A willingness to be wrong, a willingness to be teachable, to be pliable, to know ourselves, to to be honest about ourselves exactly where we are with regards to feelings, beliefs, understanding, opinion, and behaviors, to be honest about that. You know, there's so much to be said for that start point of honesty And transparency. And it does begin with us. And then it moves into a vulnerability with God. And then it gives capacity for us to be vulnerable with other people. I love someone uh, actually recognizing that the cross is a beautiful depiction of that process. There is vertical vulnerability which gives a capacity for the vertical I beg your pardon. The vertical giving uh, capacity for the horizontal expression of vulnerability on the cross. What is the benefit? Why are we talking about vulnerability? What is the benefit to that in relationship? We are in relationship with God and we are in relationship with others. And we are in relationship with ourselves. So let me share what Brene Brown, who I think is such a a great source of understanding for us. where she, She talks about vulnerability in this way. The advantages of vulnerability in relationship is that vulnerability allows us to feel empathy. It allows us to understand. And it allows us to forgive each other because of that understanding. You know, it does take emotional courage to express how we feel. And that expression of how we feel also gives us the capacity to accept someone else's feelings as valid and important. Isn't that a big deal in the context of where we are right now? And here's a great thing about vulnerability as well, is that it allows us to create new ideas. It gives new, fresh perspectives and possibilities to places that might have been blocked up in our minds before. So there's so much to be said for why vulnerability is a beautiful, important thing for where God wants to take us now in the unlocking of hearts and the increase of relationship and intimacy with him and with others. How comfortable are you, friends, with vulnerability? It's okay. Everyone's in different places with this. But I wonder, how comfortable are you? I'd like to give you some pointers uh, or indications of what to look out for. Perhaps an indication that you struggle with vulnerability or that people are not able to access it is... If there is denial, if there's strong denial and an unwillingness to 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 face something, or to see something about themselves or a situation, there's a tendency to blame, perhaps to blame others and other and situations for for the, for what they're experiencing themselves. And another sure sign of struggling with vulnerability is being overly defensive. So. I share that with you as a means to gauge where we might be at with vulnerability and to really invite God into those spaces because we can't possibly be fully open to the fullness of a new beginning with locked spaces. You know, it's that willingness to be open and invite God in so that he can show us where there are unhealthy or unhelpful parts of us that He wants to free us from so that there can be healing and He can unshackle us from the old so that we can, in fact, move fully into the new. You know, I have to share a story with you, friends, um, and it, it, it's, it's so relative to exactly what God has been saying to me through this. You know, that process of getting real and honest with ourselves, and then getting real with God, and getting real with God really is to invite the investigation, you know? Um, it's beautifully said in the message translation um, of Psalm 139, that we should investigate, I mean. A, invite the investigation. God, investigate my life. I'm an open book to you. You know my thoughts before I do. So it's that place and that willingness which allows us to let him in and do heart surgery. And then from that place, when we get to honestly see what he shows us, we're able to move powerfully. And this is the thing about vulnerability. It enables powerful forward movement with other believers going after the fullness of God. So to my story, it's so powerful uh, what God has done, and it really does speak to his relentless pursuit over those locked spaces in our hearts. He wants them free more than we do. Sometimes we don't even know they're locked. So about three weeks ago, I met with dear friends uh, some women uh, that, that Within our community We we met for um, Coconut salmon and prayer And what broke out In that time together Was a lot more than coconut salmon and prayer I guess it was pretty much Early church days bec- Which is what we've been invited to experience Afresh again, you know, back to basics Someone kicked off with worship Someone had a word um, where There was prayer There was healing All the good stuff, prophetic words. And then someone felt the unction for us to move into repentive uh, repentive prayer, prayers of forgiveness, Um, specifically around ancestral sin, because we'd been praying for the country just before that. Okay, so let's put this beautiful experience on pause and just give some context to my heart. I am South African. Uh, by birth, and I left my home country two years ago, a country torn apart by racial discord, a country that has is freshly recovering from that pain. We had our first democratic election in ninety four, so not that long ago, and that pain and that divide fuels highly emotive conversations um, in most contexts. Dining room tables and boardrooms, you name it. It's constantly happening. And by the time I left two years ago, I'll be honest, I was jaded. I was exhausted by it and I felt overwhelmed and frustrated. What was I, a white woman, supposed to do to make this better in my context? I just felt happy and relieved in a sense to be leaving this heaviness behind me and moving into a country that was free that was fully integrated and was not suffering any lingering pain in this place, which was, let's be honest, naive. And so, yes, then George Floyd, um, the incident of his death hit the airwaves, and it impacted me, but I was trying on a level to turn away from it, but God kept turning me towards this thing, sit with this, sit with this. And I started to engage with a softer heart, watching and experiencing what people were going through. I stumbled upon some footage of beautiful um, healing that was breaking out on the site of his death. Everything from worship to baptisms. But what really struck me were the one-on-one engagements between black and white where it just seemed that there was an exchange of hearts and people's faces were wet with tears. I remember watching that and something in my spirit lurching. I wanted what I didn't know I wanted, and I didn't really know how. It was a heart thing again, not so much my head. Fast forward again, back to our salmon lunch and our repentive prayer. What happened in the next 20 minutes when we initiated this repentive prayer really is just a testament to God's love and His kindness and how He leads us into these locked spaces to unlock us. One by one, women around the room were confessing ancestral sin and praying and asking God for forgiveness. Everyone owning their peace. Something about the maturity in the room was also helping to unlock me. I um, I felt this unction rise in my spirit. And incidentally, there were three Africans in the room, a Kenyan, a South African, me, and a Nigerian. I felt this unction rise within me, and I moved towards my Kenyan sister who was kneeling on the kitchen floor with her hands down on the floor, praying for forgiveness, praying for healing in this land. And as she was praying, I I, I took my white hands and I put them on her black hands, and even that visually just grabbed us both and instantly we began to weep both of us from deep places, sobbing and all I could get out of my mouth, friends, were the words I'm sorry I'm sorry it really was just so simple, it wasn't a beautiful constructed sentence well thought out from my head, it was just my heart's utterance, I'm sorry and just as simply She released forgiveness. I release you. I forgive you. In the name of Jesus, you're forgiven. That's it. And yet when we looked into each other's eyes, it was so powerful that our hearts understood way more than our brains did. And we sealed the moment. Because earlier in that day, we'd been praying. Both of us are wanting to be moms. We'd been praying for children. And so as we knelt in that kitchen, hugging each other, we whispered, uh, our children will be free now. Our children will be free. And so I share that story with you because I didn't know about those locked spaces, not consciously. And God did. And whether willingness, I guess, he, he got me ready for the freedom that he had for me and for others because I've been able to share some of that. And um, he wants a new story for us. He wants a new story for us. Just like, and I have to share this and be reminded of this again, the woman at the well, you know, she came there a certain way and she left with a new story. She arrived burdened. And, and heavy, perhaps with a heaviness she wasn't even mindful of or too aware of. But she arrived there and Jesus broke through social norms, religious protocol, long-held beliefs and opinions of what was right and wrong, who was clean and unclean. He broke through and he spoke to her and he called out hard-held facts Heartheld facts, these facts that she knew about herself were not new, but he brought them into the light with love and compassion, coated in love and compassion. She, the facts weren't new, but the love was new. The love was new, and it undid her. Understood, suddenly, seen, loved, and acknowledged. She was able to put down what she was carrying and run freely into her new story. John four twenty-eight 28-30 says she put down her water jar. She went back to her town and she said, come, come and see a man who knows everything I ever did. Could he be the Messiah? With that invitation, people came out of that town and made their way towards Jesus. The world needs the love of Jesus. They want to come out from where they are. But it starts with a transformed heart. Her heart was transformed. She was unlocked. She experienced his love. And so she was able to invite others into his love to unlock them from where they were. This is what he wants for us. This is a life changing moment, friends. We're at the well. And Jesus is waiting right there. He wants to perform heart surgery. He wants to transform our hearts. It just takes a willingness. You know, at the well, he invited her into vulnerability with that love by calling out those truths. And she, she offered him a yes, a gentle yes. And so that intimacy and that trust grew just in that moment. And that's what he wants for us. That's what he wants for us. He wants to free us. So, can I pray for us now? Jesus, you know, you know where each one of us are. You know the truth of our hearts. Father, would you just come and have your way in each of our hearts? Would you show us how to be more vulnerable? Would you open us to full examination without fear? That we would feel safe with you, Lord Jesus. That we would feel a new courage to let you in to all spaces. That we might be transformed. That we might be unlocked so that we can help to unlock the world and show them your love. Have your way in our hearts, we pray. Amen. So, Just three questions that we'll leave with you um, to unpack and and to uh, discover together. The first question is, yes, we know we need greater intimacy with God. So how, friends, are you going to be open? How will you open yourself to a place of more vulnerability with God? That's the first question. Ask God to show you if you have any locked up spaces in your heart. It's brave to ask that question. And it's brave to listen and to hear the truth. What are those locked up spaces? The next brave thing I'm encouraging you to do is to now share what you feel God's saying. Share that with someone. Or even just dialogue around it with people that you're sitting with today. And then lastly, And this word opinion seems to ring out so strong right now. Are there perhaps opinions that you've been holding tightly, that you might be encouraged to hold lightly with a humble heart so that you can hear another view? Have a beautiful day. Here's to Transformed Hearts.